Welcome to Good Faith Reads. I'm your host, Cliff Vaughn, media producer at Good Faith Media. Good Faith Reads is a short podcast released twice a month in which we focus on one of our book authors at Good Faith Media. We've published more than 150 titles under the Nurturing Faith book imprint, and we invite you to check them out at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. Today's guest is John Roebuck, author of Morning Conversations on the Wisdom of the Ages. He's joining us remotely from Nashville, really across town from me. John, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much, Cliff. Good to be with you and good to uh, have another opportunity to discuss uh, another book. It is. And well, you've been writing and writing and writing. This is volume three of a five volume collection of devotional thoughts drawn from each chapter of the Bible. So you've been working and writing your way through the Bible. So one chapter equals one devotional equals one page of devotional. So on each page, we have a verse from the chapter, an observation, an application, and a one-line prayer. This volume covers the wisdom literature in Hebrew scriptures, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. I'm curious, out of all these, do you have a favorite? You know, it's a great question. Uh, And, you know, let me kind of say to begin with that um, all of these devotions are written through a Christian lens, obviously. Um, you know, one of the folks here in town, Amy Jill Levine, who is a wonderful New Testament scholar who happens to be Jewish, uh, she says about the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible that if you're a Christian and you're reading reading it after having become a Christian, she said you can see Jesus writ- really written into every page and written into every chapter. And I think it's really hard not to get away from that. And so uh, there is very much a Christian slant to all of these devotions. But in terms of if there's one that is my favorite and why, um, you know, I'm not really sure. I think there is a a tedious nature to a project of, of this length. I mean, there's so many chapters, you know, in the Hebrew Bible alone, you're talking about over 900 uh, different chapters. So that's 900 devotions. I mean, the book of Psalms alone is 150, which represents 150 days of reading and reflection. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure, uh, you know, um, when Paul wrote Second Timothy, he said that all scripture is inspired of God. And so I, I think it's all valid. Uh, and to really point to one more than another, um, I, I don't know. I mean, you've read the volume. Uh, what would you, how do you respond to that? Well, I, I mean, as I think about my own interactions with what's called, you know, the wisdom literature, I'm drawn more to Job and Ecclesiastes than Psalms and Proverbs and Song of Solomon, you know, which is, which is interesting. We can talk about in a minute. Um, but as I've, as my faith has changed, uh, I hope for the better over the years, but as, as it's changed, I find myself drawn more to, as I said, Job and Ecclesiastes and, and not that there's not acknowledgement of questioning or doubt in certainly in Psalms and Proverbs, but so I'm, I'm drawn more to those, but I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a minister and I'm not a writer or an author of devotions. And so I was just curious, do you get energized by something particular in one of those books more than another? You know, it's really interesting insight that you just offered because over even over these five books or so, uh, there there is such complexity and there's so many different themes that run through it. Uh, you know, just to kind of walk through it for a minute. Um, and again, you're trying to take, you know, what is sometimes really complex material and to make it real digestible and applicable for, for the day. 
But I mean, you look at Job for a minute. You know, Job is a different kind of wisdom. Job uh, deals with uh, the darkness of suffering, uh, the mystery of how God works in the world. You've got that really weird uh, interaction in the book of Job between God and Satan, and they're talking and kind of bargaining for Job's soul. And so uh, that's a real different perspective. Then you take the Psalms, for example, and they tend to be a little more positive, uh, a little more praiseworthy, I guess you would say. But uh, there certainly is a, a a wide diversity, even within the Psalms, uh, viewpoints, emotions. Uh, some of them are very familiar, uh, but not all of them are, you know, Psalms of praise. You know, you've got Psalm 51, for example, which is where David pours out his heart over his regret with his uh, indiscretion with Bathsheba. You got Psalm 137, which is this uh, song saying we want to dash our enemies' heads, the babies of the heads against the rocks. You know, it's kind of a kind of a different view of things written during the exile. And so um, it's, it's again, even in that one book, the book of Psalms, uh, there, there's such a different collection of emotion and thought in that. Uh, I, I personally, in the Psalms, I like the songs of ascent, which are Psalm 120 through 134. These are songs believed to be sung by pilgrims who are making their journey up to Jerusalem uh, for the, the three major uh, feast of the Jewish faith, which were Passover, Pentecost, and, and Feast of Tabernacles. And, and so you have that image as you read that of, of here are people who have joined hands together and they're literally marching up the mountain to go to worship. And it's very powerful. Uh, I think um, perhaps Psalm 121, uh, lifting my eyes into the hills, maybe that's one that's most familiar to people. And then you got Proverbs, which are all these wise sayings that are somewhat loosely connected uh, but a lot of themes, uh, you know, well-liked and often quoted, um, you know, a lot of refrigerator, refrigerator magnets were made up by the Proverbs. Then Ecclesiastes is a whole different animal as well. It's about human existence and uh, the vanity of life, you know, believed to have been written by Solomon. He says, you know, everything's meaningless, you know, and he's searching for meaning. And that's something that, you know, we all wrestle with. And so there's wisdom to gain from that. And then finally, yeah, you get to this Song of Solomon, uh, which is this steamy love poem. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of where, where does that fit in? How does that fit? And a lot of people think, of course, it's a metaphor for God's uh, love for all of us. Uh, but is it? Or, you know, why is it in there? I mean, if all scripture is inspired, it's an interesting thing to kind of question and to talk about. So uh, a lot of different themes. Um, and uh, again, the thing I, I, I like about studying all five of those books together is that there's such a variety. It's going to scratch your itch someplace or another because the different types of wisdom that are offered. Yeah. Listening to you talk, I thought, yeah, there are things that I, I gravitate to, and most of us do, I suppose. And we look forward to, but that's not to say that, you know, being forced to sort of reckon with the thing, you know, why, why, um, why is this in here and why do I need to sit with something maybe that I'm not as in, as interested in? Yeah. You know, um, I'm curious, especially with the Psalms, if you think about the great hymns of our faith and how so often you find yourself in difficult moments going back to those hymns and you, the, the refrain and the words and the music at all is very meaningful. And I have to think at least for generations of, of, of Christ followers, just the reading of the Psalms, the recitation of those themes over and over again, so powerful, so meaningful uh, in so many different ways. Yeah. We'll be right back with more Good Faith Reads. 
I'm Mitch Randall, CEO of Good Faith Media, and we're proud to announce a Better Way initiative. A Better Way. People of faith are too often cast as only narrow-minded and fundamentalist. This image is false, so let's not surrender the truth. A Better Way. This initiative from Good Faith Media will focus people of faith on giving voice to justice, to inclusion, to love. These values define the faith communities so many of us know. A Better Way initiative from Good Faith Media. Go to goodfaithmedia.org and click on initiatives. There's more to tell. Welcome back to Good Faith Reads. Today we're joined remotely by John Roebuck, author of the Good Faith Media book, Morning Conversations on the Wisdom of the Ages. I'm Cliff Vaughn of Good Faith Media. John, how much rewriting of these devotionals did you do? Did you ever get to the end of one? And I know you've been working on this for a long time, so you've done a lot of writing, but did you ever get to the end of a devotional and just have to scratch it and start over? Yeah, that's a great question. And the answer really is no. Uh, I mean, uh, when, you know, basically I write the devotions, I send them in and then they get formatted and then I have the opportunity to do edits and rewrites and that sort of thing. And so, uh, I only tend to make minor changes or um, minor corrections. And I think the idea behind that is that these are created in a moment in time. You know, the circumstance I'm writing is different. It's this day of the week or this has just happened. And so in your own world, uh, you're you're hearing different different things that are playing off in your mind. But you like to think that as you read that scripture and really pray for the Spirit's intervention in the writing of that, that what you're offering people is a genuine word of the Lord for that day. Uh, and so to go back and say, oh, I didn't really like that, and to tear it up, you know, it's almost to say, I didn't really like what God was saying today, and so I think I'll just do something better. So I tend to sort of write them um, and say, good, bad, ugly, right or wrong, that's that's sort of what I heard today from the Lord as I wrote this devotion, and for better or for worse, you know, here it is. So uh, not not a lot of rewrites, not a lot of, um, and, and I've, I've asked myself the question, if I ever went back and said, all right, volume two, and did the whole thing over again, you know, would different verses emerge from the different chapters? And if so, would I offer a different perspective? I think we've all done that. Um, you know, I grew up doing youth ministry and then pastoring and all that. And uh, the book of James, for example, you know, that was a favorite to be read in youth group, right? And you read that and you studied it and you drew meaning from it. And then you read it in college and it was a little different. Then you read it as an adult and it's a little different. And so it just speaks to the timeless nature of the scriptures. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, I might, I don't know that I would rewrite, but I might find new inspiration. But yeah. I, don't, I don't have any plans right now to write it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, listening to you, I thought, yeah. Yeah, listening to you, I thought, yeah, I mean, you go back and you read a passage and you read it now and it probably would say something a little different to you 20 years after you read it before. And that's not to say that there w- wouldn't be some bedrock or foundational concepts embedded, yeah. but it, it might speak to you differently. You know, and what is interesting too, is when I, when I finally get the final printed published version of it, right. And you go back and you read some of that and some of those, if it was three or four years ago and I wrote them and you think, wow, did I write that? That sounds really good. You know, I must've had a good day that day. So um, but again, it's it's interesting how Scripture um, has such a unique way of speaking to us in the moment that we're living in. Yeah. 
Another question I had for you, uh, and just to point out for our listeners, each devotion has a title of its own. So in addition to the fact that a devotional is about a specific chapter of the Bible, uh, each devotion has a title. So the chapter uh, from Ecclesiastes 7, the devotional title is What Goes Around Comes Around. And I wondered if there was a commonality in the writing process when the title would come to you? Or did you, would you write it and then title it? Or would you start off yeah, with the title? Um, usually the title was always the last thing that I wrote. Um, simply because, you know, you, you get the text and you you let it kind of stew and boil for a few minutes in your mind. And then you begin to write out the application. And that always starts to, uh, you know, uh, allow a, a memory or a story to emerge. And you kind of write and reflect on that. Then you write the prayer to kind of string it all together. And so then you go back and title it because the idea is you want the reader to be interested in reading the thought. And so the title, you know, you're looking for something that's catchy, maybe something that's a little familiar or intriguing. And it's interesting, you know, you pointed out the Ecclesiastes 7 one, uh, which was entitled What Goes Around Comes Around. And I was noticing flipping through the book that that's the exact same title for Proverbs 21, that same devotion. So, <laughs> you know, even even in writing all of those, um, you know, you're not consciously aware of, you know, all the titles. And maybe have I used that before? And apparently, <laughs> apparently I have in several. I don't know several places, but those two have the same same title. Well, that one jumped out at me because I had a professor that would was fond of saying that uh, he's, yeah. he would say what goes up doesn't necessarily come down, but what goes around always comes around. My next to last question, let's go back to Song of Solomon for a second. Uh, the Bible's steamiest book. Uh, did you feel that one just kind of looming out there thinking, how am I going to turn this book into devotional material? Or was it, you know, it's just another book and another thing to mine. Yeah, I mean, probably more so than many of the other passages that you you write about. You know, this has got some, you know, rated R stuff in it, right? And you're like, all right, I'm writing this devotion to people of all different ages, and one day my kids and grandkids are going to read this. How do you deal with some of this real explicit language? Of, you know, talking about uh, lovers talking about each other's bodies and what they want to do, and uh, so yeah, it, it was. Um, <sighs> I don't know what's the good word for it. Um, you write with a lot of fear and trepidation. And do it. <laughs> what, what do I really want to say? And how do I say it in a way that's just not, uh, you know, uh, too, too explicit? Well, I think you achieved that. I think you achieved well, that. Blind hog finds an acorn every once in a while. <laughs> an important note to all of our listeners, we at Good Faith Media are always accepting book proposals. Our authors engage with an experienced team of editors, designers, and marketers to produce and sell books on a variety of topics. If you have a book proposal you'd like to run by us, head over to goodfaithmedia.org bookstore for more information. Last question, John, can you read one of your favorite devotionals or part of one of your favorite devotionals and just set it up for us and tell us why you chose it? Yeah, you know, you, you always ask me to do that. It's interesting. Uh, one of the one of the interesting uh, devotions in this particular collection uh, is has the proverb and you know Proverbs thirty one where it typically we talk about the role of a mother or of a Christian woman that kind of thing and what was interesting uh, when I wrote that reflection a year or so ago obviously I had my own mother in mind as I wrote that and so I had some personal things about my mom that I put in there but then she passed away this past year and so uh, she actually died just a few weeks before I did the final 
edits for the for the book to be published. And so I actually even went back in and added a little sentence at the at the end of it that said that the fact that my mom had passed away, part of this was in memory of her. Um, so that was just a real poignant one in this book. Uh, but uh, the one that I want to kind of uh, read just a, a short passage from today uh, is day 600, uh, which is Psalm 122 entitled Prayers for Your City. And in that uh, particular uh, passage, uh, the psalmist writes, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. Uh, very similar theme uh, that you get um, from uh, Jeremiah 29.7, pray for the welfare of the city. Uh, that was written in the middle of the exile. But anyway, here's the application of that verse uh, that I wrote. I had the opportunity to live and work in some great cities and towns. I was born in Atlanta and grew up in Rome, Georgia. Then I was educated in the magic city, Birmingham. And now I work in Music City, Nashville. I live in historic Franklin and vacation in my former town of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I even lived in Mililani Town, Hawaii for a while. Not a bad group of cities, right? But I must confess that as much as I enjoyed living in all those places, I'm not sure I took the counsel of King David, who reminds me this morning to pray for the city for its peace and prosperity. As you may know, I keep a pretty thorough prayer list. I pray for a lot of people each day. I feel called to do so as part of my discipline of faith. But can I confess that I never think to pray for the city in which I live or the city in which I work? And maybe I should. What if I prayed for the city of Nashville, that the people here would know peace and prosperity? And what if thousands of others prayed the same prayer each morning? Would our prayers move the heart of God in such a way that blessings would come new and fresh each morning? I think it would make a huge difference, at least in the way we view our city and the way we build compassion for all its residents. Here's today's challenge for you. Stop right now and pray for your city. Pray for peace and prosperity so that those who live around you will know the blessings of God. As always, your prayers will make a difference. So just a thought on praying for a city that you live in. Lovely words that I cannot improve upon except to say thanks. Our guest today on Good Faith Reads has been John Roebuck, author of Morning Conversations on the Wisdom of the Ages, the book, is available at goodfaithmedia.org slash bookstore. John, it's nice to see you again. Good to see you, Cliff. Thanks again for the time, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it a couple more times. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs>